0: Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you.
1: That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo
0: Sports. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the NFL podcast. No Dan tonight, no Laura, but we have Laura and Riley and myself. Guys, mini camps have just finished. We're going to be talking about the Dolphins, so I know we're all very excited for that. But before we jump into that, it's time for our warm-up.
1: And the one,
2: and a two, and a one, two,
0: three. Well, you not that.
1: Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling.
0: All right. My question, Riley, to you, I know you're laughing at my interpretive dance right now, but my question to you, if you could have any three players past or present that have ever played in the NFL <laughs> to dinner, who would it who would you invite?
2: It cut out a bit then, but did you say if I could invite anyone past or present to dinner? Yep. Ooh. Um. Oh, there's so many people. I'm actually gonna say jay cutler just because he got such a bad rap (laughs) at the bears and everyone he was everyone was adamant he was an asshole and i actually really liked him and i would love to like meet him as a person and see if he's actually as terrible as everybody says like he was even like an ass to his wife when they had a a divorce she wanted half of his money he was like no get a job like like (laughs) it'd be great like dinner banter yeah, I, I mean, his wife was on the hills too. Like,
0: it's not like she was struggling for cash, but I, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Laura, what, what people would you invite to dinner?
1: I'm going to take a bit of an interesting approach. I'm going to go for three little buddies, three the three amigos, Brady, Gronk, and Edelman. I just think the banter, the chat, the stories that those three would have. I want to hear all about Belichick in the hot tub. I want to hear all about, you know, the secret plays, what we've seen, what we've never got to see, what they do with their kids on summer vacation. I also want to get the inside scoop on whether Edelman is ever going to become a buck because I think that's going to happen. Alex, you've mentioned it earlier. You think it could be on the cards too. So that's why. And I want to see Brady eat some carbs. I want to get them some vino and let's see what happens. I reckon it'd be a fun night.
0: Definitely. And I think Brady will show up with his tequila. And we have all seen him with a little too much tequila and with the decisions he makes there. Um <laughs> for, for me, I'm gonna go a little old school. I'm gonna stick with the Bears, but I'm not gonna go quite Jay Cutler. Could you imagine if we stuck Jay Cutler and Mitch Trubisky in a room? Then she's that'd be nuts. <laughs> um, but for me, I think I'd have to go Mike Dick, because beyond I'm a big fan of the coach. Walter Payton and Dick Buttkiss. I think just having a conversation with those three gentlemen would, would be absolutely hysterical you could talk about when the bears were actually good and when they were succeeding and when they were winning stuff so it would be good to take a trip down memory lane and 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 talk to those guys i think all right guys now we're going to move into the
1: huddle that is what a real champion is made of and for the philadelphia eagles
0: the long drought is over how about those
1: With it, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history.
0: Those will be the best men all, <laughs> all right, guys, T- on today's episode of the Huddle, we are going to talk all things teal and orange. Is it a teal color? I guess so. But we're going to talk all things Miami's Dol- Miami Dolphins. Laura, I'm going to start with you. I, I mean, I- talk about an off for a struggling, struggling franchise.
1: You know, really just a lot came out of nowhere for them, you know, getting rid of Brian Flores after that incredible half season turnaround, you know, not a lot of coaches would have been able to mobilize a team the way that he did. So I, for one, was quite surprised to see him go and, you know, look, getting Tyreek Hill is a massive, massive play. This was a draft. We didn't have a lot of really standout talent you know, some great key players, but nothing that really Miami was looking for to, to, you know, spend that draft capital and come away with Tyreek Hill and established fast player, as we all know and love. I think that's incredible putting him next to Jalen Waddell. It's it's going to be a rescue for success, hopefully, in my opinion. But, you know, they still did come through with some great picks in the draft. You know, the linebacker from Georgia, Channing Tyndall, I reckon he's going to be an explosive add to the team. And, It'll be interesting to see. But, you know, yeah, I still, for me, I can't get past the firing of Brian, you know, and there were talks about bringing in Kellen Moore for a little bit, the OC from Dallas. You know, they weren't quite sure where they were going. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, Tua, the ultimate gamble, what's going to happen with him. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, Riley, I think Laura kind of touched on kind of the big, big news item for the Dolphins in the offseason Tyreek Hill. You know, he was traded. For a 22 first round pick, 22 second round pick, 22 fourth round pick, 2023 sixth round pick. Do you think that that was worth it for Miami to get Tyreek Hill?
2: Um, it depends on like how you put stock in like draft picks. Um, I think I think Kansas will end up winning out. I think. They had a stronger team. I don't think Tua is going to be able to produce as many um, um, extended plays as Mahomes was able to. Even, you know, Tyreek's biggest thing is his speed. And he gets down the field, he gets open. And even though he's quick, he's still you still need time to get down there. And Mahomes was able to do magic and create an extra one or two seconds here or there. And I just don't think Tua has that ability to extend plays the way he does. So I think Tyreek's, his production's going to go downhill. Um, and I think that what, what Kansas got out of it, they don't have to pay him, which he would have been hitting a massive salary cap. Um, they get to keep Kelsey now and um you know that's going to be like I think Kelsey was the bigger producer on the the Kansas City Chiefs team either. So as well, so I think Miami, although they've got themselves a stud wide receiver, one to go with a good rookie or not rookie anymore, but a good receiver and Waddle. I just don't think we're going to see the same production because now all eyes are on him, kind of thing, and and everyone knows how he plays now. Plus, yeah, but just two is just not as good. I mean, it'll be interesting to see,
0: right? He's now the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL, with the with the money and the extension that they've given him. But you heard him in the press conferences. He said that Tua is more accurate than Mahomes. Laura, I mean, that's a when you're playing with Patrick Mahomes, who's come out of a system like the Chiefs, and you turn around and go Tua, who hasn't played two full seasons, and as we mentioned earlier, has that hip problem. Do you think he was just kind of, you know, playing nice with his quarterback or do you genuinely think that Tua is more uh, successful than uh, Mahomes in his accuracy?
1: Look, it's a hard one because for me, I've always viewed Mahomes as not the most accurate quarterback in the league. I think he's had a lot of success being able to extend the play and, you know, get some really creative things out there. But, you know, before his injury tour was an unstoppable quarterback. He really was someone that we all thought and projected was going to go the mile and make a huge impact. Once he reached the NFL, his biggest problem is, you know, like Riley said, it's a mobility, you know, being able to get over there, being able to extend the play, you know, that's something they're going to have to work on, but, you know, bringing in this new coach, Mike McDaniel, now he's a guy that likes to keep the ball on the ground. He's focused on the running play. So maybe they can kind of use Tyreek Hill, use, and utilize, you know, these pass rushes to kind of make something a little bit more interesting happen there. I don't know. But, you know, they've also brought in Teddy Bridgewater behind um, tour as well, which could be interesting. Don't know, a bit nervous, but, you know, that could actually be a big boost and he's a little bit more mobile is what we've seen. And, you know, it could be something to really boost this offense.
0: Yeah, you mentioned their ability to run the ball, and I'm looking at their running back room right now. You've got Chase Edmonds as their starter. You got Raheem Mostert from the 49ers as their backup. You've got Sony Michelle from the Rams, and you've got Miles Gaskin in there as well. Like that is a relatively decent running back room, as you've got quite a few second tier running backs in that in that system. You also look at the likes of Mike DeSecchi, who is a you know, kind of that key part for their offense. Um, but I think their defense is probably where they've struggled. I know they're secondary. They've signed a couple of players, at least in the offseason. So, and I know they did some drafts for their defense. So, Riley, when it comes down to it, when you look at the players they have on the offense, do you think they're going to be able to match that defensively? And you've got the likes of Xavier Howard and Jerome
2: Baker. As in, oh. Oh, um, no, I don't think I don't think their offense has enough power in it to be able to outscore what other other offenses are going to do to their defense most of the time. Um, they'll they obviously they will score. I don't see them. I just don't see them having like low scoring games where you know teams are struggling to score against them. I have like it's going to be one of those. Um, they're going to score. We have to score. Like it, we just have to rebut them like every single week, and I think it's going to make for interesting games, which is great. But I think um, the Pats are a lot closer than people are giving them credit for. Um, obviously, the Bills are the top in that division, but I think even I think even the Jets might get a sneaky win over them, which I would love to see, just because. Um, but yeah, I just. I, I'm a I'm a I've been like I'm not a tour hater but um I thought he was a bit overrated in college I think he got a lot more um credit that at Alabama than he probably should have they had a m- amazing wide receiver core that didn't get nearly as much as like um that they should have got and his with his injury he went down I'm a I'm a LSU fan so Burrow going first for me was you know the slam dunk um so yeah I just I I don't rate him I haven't rated him as highly as everybody else and I'll eat my words but yeah
1: yeah it's gonna be interesting because you know they came very close with the Jets last year they nearly lost to them you know twice and I think Something to really think about is towards the end of that season, their win margin was sitting around that two score mark. So it'll be interesting to see if they can repeat that, if they can do that convincingly. They have got a bit of an easier schedule to begin the season this year. So we can kind of start to see how they sort of form, how they get in there. But, you know, Mike McDaniels has a big task on his hand. He's brought in a lot of ex-players, you know, to come and help. And he's big on relationships. So it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that I think there's going to be some growing pain. So I think, you know, obviously we'll go around the grounds and, and give our predictions for their season. Look, for me, I don't even see them being an eight and nine, nine and eight team. I think there's a lot of new kind of players that that are gonna come in, new coaching staff. I think as Riley said, Tyreek Hill's kind of his progress is gonna go down um with with two in that quarterback role. So for me, I'm gonna go six and eleven. Just, I, I just don't. I as Laura as you said, they've got an easy start to the season, but I think that back half they're going to struggle. I know they've got some depth, but I think I just don't think they have the the capacity there to be able to withstand you know superior teams. Riley, what do you think?
2: Um, I actually think they might. There's the potential for them to go zero and four in the first four weeks. They got Pats, Ravens, Bills, Bengals, followed by the Jets. Um, so I think with kind of all the shakeup and everything like that, I I would say six, seven wins, that's about it. An i and I'll four star. Maybe on fire, maybe this is where the jets come out. Oh, or
1: you- I don't know. I disagree. I can I disagree, which I think is so exciting because I'm normally the super negative one. But you know, I think we could be seeing them <laughs> sit it around in eight. You know, that's what I would like to see. I do think they have some opportunities to come out strong and, you know, it'll be interesting to see.
0: Well, I guess time will tell for the Miami Dolphins as it always does. Uh, (laughs) Now it's time for us to head into the match.
1: The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh,
0: Let's
2: get ready to rumble! All
0: right, guys. On the match, we are squaring off two... OCs in Kellen Moore and Eric Enemy. I'm pretty sure I butchered that last name, Chiefs, Cowboys. Laura, two very interesting picks, two very competent OCs. When you're looking at these two, what stands out for you as far as the, their history and their ability to, to run their offense on their football teams?
1: Well, you know, I am not a fan of Dallas, but I'm going to try and be a little bit impartial here because I think it's needed. You know, these are two OCs that actually have had very different stories this last offseason. You know, Kellen Moore was highly considered by quite a few teams for a head coaching job. Eric, on the other hand, and I'm going to avoid the last name, Alex, (laughs) Um, you know, he, everyone thought he was going to be, you know, he's been at the Chiefs now for four years. He's been in four consecutive AFCs championships, but coming off that big loss to the Bengals, his phone didn't ring once. And, you know, Andy Reid came to his back. He's supporting his guy, but, you know, Kellen Moore, it's a tough one because, you know, he's made the playoffs. Yes. But has he thrived in the playoffs? Has he won many games? No. But we have had over there a Dallas offense that has been high scoring. We've got Dak Prescott, you know, who's been number one in drop back plays and yardage back there. And so, you know, I think it'll be a test to see, but I think they've had major problems with consistency um, in Dallas and with that, with that offense. So on the other side, of course, you know, with the Chiefs, we've had consistency, consistency, but I think a large part of that has been Mahomes and has been that receiving tight end core. So, You know, I think that might be part of the reason why Eric's phone hasn't been ringing. People are unsure of how that's going to translate to another team, at least with Kellen, you know, with all the dramas that they've had, the decline with Zeke. You know, he has kind of had to show up. And while it has been inconsistent, there's been bits that have been good and there have been consistencies, especially with Dak Prescott's performance.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you there. I think what was interesting to, to see and to read, I think, was watching Keelan Moore get ranked second as far as the OCs go in the NFL right now. I think that was surprising based on, on, on how he goes. Um, Eric, he's been trying for that head coaching role. It just hasn't been working out for him. I mean, when you look at the last kind of four years, Kansas City have been up there as far as, you know, not getting anything lower than six in their total points and offensive yards. So, clearly he's doing a right, the best job there. Look, for me, I'm going to go Keelan Moore. I just think he has more to work with. And I've heard, you know, things about Eric and his the way he talks to players. Um, so, for me, I'm going to go Keelan Moore. Riley, you, you get to finish us off on this one, on who's the better OC.
2: Better OC, I'm going to say Eric Bianna. like Proven that. He can run like this.
1: Oh, oh looks like we're that's, having. That's, that's why it cut out. She chose Eric. That's why <laughs> she, <laughs> was, she was booted from the group. <laughs>
0: Riley, you chose Eric and Zoom wasn't happy with it and they booted you off the call. Well, that was fun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back.
0: <laughs> oh, We were just saying that uh, clearly the NFL. Oh, they... oh, no, no just not, not
1: working. No. Well, she went with Eric. Look, I, I disagree. I'm going to come in hard on her since she's not yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> no. Go for it. Go for it. You can round us off. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think Eric's got a lot to prove. I think he hasn't, you know, been able to do that with the team that he's had. And so, yeah, I, I'm agree great Kellen all the way.
0: Yeah. All right. Riley, you got outnumbered. Unfortunately, we both went with Kellen. So Kellen's winning this match and clearly Zoom was not happy with your pick about Eric because it kept booting you off the call um (laughs) all right guys time to move into our final segment rapid fire with the game of football spreading out and becoming more about getting athletes into open space one universal truth is more evident than ever
2: speed kills
0: all right rapid fire time we are looking at the best safety in the league right now. I'm going to kick this one off and keep it nice and short. For me, I think it's going to be Kevin Bard for the Titans. I think he's an underrated safety. He led the league in inter- Oh, I want to say he had five interceptions last year and was kind of top of the league. Not didn't lead it, but was kind of top up there. Um, I think he's, again... Not top tier, but he could be top tier. I just think the Titans got to utilize uh, uh, him a little bit more as far as their secondary goes, but he's up there for me. Uh, Laura, I'll go to you. Who's your pick for top safety in the league right now?
1: For me, I'm going to go with an LSU guy trying to appeal to Riley and I'm going to go with Jamal Adams. You know, he's a guy that the Seahawks really won off that trade with him, in my opinion. He hasn't reached his full potential yet because of the injuries to his finger and his shoulder. But what he was able to do and produce while injured about a season ago, you know, it was unstoppable. He can get after the quarterback. He's got that speed. He's got that explosiveness and put him there next to Quandre Diggs, who, you know, hopefully comes out okay after this late season injury last year. The two of them are you know solely in charge really of rebuilding the Seahawks defense. I think they've got what it takes. And so I'm gonna come in early. I'm gonna call the Seahawks safeties the best of the season. But you know, Jamal Adams' got a lot to prove. He's got a chip, he's hungry, he's gonna do it. All right, Riley. And finally, your MVP for safety in the league right now. Um, I don't know if he's
2: technically classified as a safety, but Minky Fitzpatrick. Um he just I just love the way he plays. He's aggressive. He has, like, zero fear. Um, I think the Dolphins letting him go, you know, it, I think it worked out best for both parties. Like, he wasn't happy. Um, and just seeing him absolutely, like, kill it on the field, he just he just emerged out of nowhere. And, like, that's my favourite position to play. And just being, like, a ball hawk, being able to stop the run, the pass, and blindsiding an offensive player – like it feels great and scares them to death, and he seems to do that all the time. P- past breakups. Um, so yeah, I just he, he he's my he's my fave.
0: Solid picks, and we all know that the safety, you know, they're, they're big playmakers, <laughs> and we love to watch them watch them in the league. But guys, that's all we have yep. time for. Clearly, we don't need Dan. I mean, Laura can always jump back in every week if she needs to. We're happy to have her back. But you know, it's been fun talking all things Miami. Uh, and until next time, see y'all next week.
1: You have been listening to Mojo sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here. So everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.